Welcome to Washington Beer Talk, a podcast about the business of beer. I'm Andrew Bieber, the cycling certified Cicerone, and this week we're at Bad Jimmy's Brewery over in Ballard. Bad Jimmy's, I'm fond of saying, is one of the edgier breweries, which you can really only kind of know what that means once you go there. And they are well known for their lineup of pretty crazy beers. One of the few breweries in town that keeps a pepper beer, a spicy pepper beer, on tap year-round. And they usually feature a Girl Scout cookie beer and other weird beers, including their Bad Light, an imitation Bud Light in ale form. And I'm sitting down with Jason Shrum, one of the co-owners. But I'll let him tell you all about that. Welcome to Washington Beer Talk. It's me, uh, Jason. Jason Shrum, one of the co-owners of Bad Jimmy's. Co-owners. Who else is involved? Uh, we've got Billy Burdick, Greg Grimens, and Seth Mashney. Those guys are the co-founders. Uh, I came in about three years ago or so as a sales guy. I did a little stand-up comedy back in the day. Uh, I was looking for something a little bit more uh, permanent, and less less travel. Um, and uh, met Greg, who was uh, working at Pyramid Brewing at the time. Uh, he was mentioning that they were going to start Bad Jimmy's. So uh, about two years or so into their operation, they were looking for a sales guy. I was looking for a spot. Everything matched up. Did sales here for about a year uh, and then had an opportunity to buy in as an owner. So here I am. So the, the, the co-founders you knew because yes. they, were, they were a bunch of industry pros deciding to start yep. their own brewery. Um, what does what does buying into the brewery actually look like where did they come to you and say hey one of us wants out do you have a you know a hundred thousand dollars to throw in like <laughs> yeah. what does that look like i don't even know uh, yes and then the secondary question no <laughs> i don't have a hundred thousand dollars i would have just gone to the beach for a little while um, <laughs> no uh yeah what happened was there was another co-founder i don't want to get into too much of that but mm. we, we had a we had another person it's uh, a storied on, and, and painful uh, history poor, that's right i don't know i don't Whatever. We had another guy. Uh, he wanted out. Not like he got booted out. So he asked to leave. Um, the guys were going to divvy up his share. So instead of being 25% owners, they would go to whatever, 33 and a third part owner. Um, I had a couple bucks tucked away. <laughs> we won't say how many. One a 100,000. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, hey, listen, if you guys are looking to bring on another partner, uh, I would certainly be in, interested in investing. So I got to invest my X amount of dollars for a small percentage of the brewery, a very, very tiny single digits uh, percentage of the brewery. And then they basically let me have sweat equity for the next five years. So I am just accruing more ownership oh. until I reach our agreed upon uh, percentage. Okay, that's so, a pretty clever scheme. Yeah, sweat equity. Yeah. Yeah, and I got a lot of that. Yeah. <laughs> a lot, of, lot say, of sweat. Yeah, you're you're yeah. the one over here hanging out at the, uh, you know, <laughs> before opening, hanging out with me, and there's, a, um, you know, I ran into you. I'm not sure if the other, any of the other owners were at the Washington Brewers Festival last weekend, but... And where uh, Seth was there on Saturday for uh, uh, almost the whole day, so... Okay. Yeah. So your sales transition, your sales role sort of transitioned into a full a little bit. Role. Uh, I'm still the sales guy because we're only four four players deep. Mm -hmm. We're the four owners, and we're also the four employees of this whole operation. 
So I handle sales, distribution, social media, marketing, the events. Um, Seth does all the day-to-day operations and controls the uh, tasting room that we're sitting in. So he makes sure we have glassware, t-shirts, um, all the events that are going on, food trucks, things like that. Make sure that the power bill is paid, the lights are on, plays a key role. And then Greg and Billy are in back of the house uh, pretty much the rest of the time. So they're doing all the brewing. Um, everybody puts in <laughs> about 60 to 80 hours of work a week because we also do all the bartending shifts here too or beer tending shifts as they were. Um, so we're all behind the bar uh, at least a couple days a week, except for me. I'm just behind one day on Sundays, but I do the entire day from open to close. So Wow. Yeah. That's a lot. So, yeah, we, uh, we're actually looking to hire our, uh, our first person um, that we'll be bringing on uh, in July. So look forward to the first Bad Jimmy's employee since Jason was the first. Also, when I was the first employee for a year, I won employee of the month 10 months in a row. Uh, as the only employee. Now, you may be asking, you may be doing the math on that and going, okay, he was, em- he was employed as an employee for 12 months, but only one 10 months. Uh, yeah, one month I lost to the dishwasher, and uh, we have this stepladder that we utilize a lot in the back that we call Oscar, and Oscar won uh, one time, so I was denied uh, twice by inanimate objects. <laughs> so we like to have fun here. Uh, I'm sure that came with a, you know, commensurate pay raise and all that kind of thing. So there was, <laughs> what, what is this pay you speak of? <laughs> okay. So to give everyone a little bit of a sense of yeah. scope of the yep. brewery, you're over here and I, in what I guess you would call the Ballard neighborhood. You're sort of on the We're Eastern. Ballard, bro. Yeah. Full yeah. blown. Now, well, you know, nine eight one zero seven. Not a, it's not a free lard or anything like it that. Could be, it could be free lard per okay. the per the locals. I'm okay with that, but I, I get offended when people say that we're in Fremont. Uh, we are Ballard. We are uh, we are nine eight one zero seven. So Ballard strong man. Ballard brewed. <laughs> Hashtag it. Get it trending. You're right across the street from Hales. Yep. And you know, just a little bit away from the uh, from the the what's in the closest brewery to you, probably uh, uh, Populux. Yeah, probably. Yeah, besides Hales across the street. Yeah. yeah, my understanding is that all eleven Ballard breweries are 0.6 square miles away from each other. Yeah. So even us to, or I guess Hales would be on the far end, and then Luganitas would mm. be all the way out there because there's. I know people looking at they're in Ballard. They're our friends. Um, They're over there on the far side. So I've heard that that whole thing is only 0.6 miles. Mm -hmm. So, okay. That, that sounds about right. I I usually just, you know, wing it and say a mile 0.6 miles sounds even better. Does that sound official? It's 0.637 miles by, (laughs) by the way the crow flies, I believe is the way that that's on paper. And then we have two, uh, two new guys coming in, not new, but um, uh, Cloudburst announced that they're coming in the Shill Shoal area, so they'll be in Ballard, and then we have Urban Family uh, will be coming back. Yeah, Urban Family's making their grand return. Yeah. Got out of Ballard, went over to Magnolia, decided to come back. Yeah. To give everyone a sense of time for this brewery, so I th- what, when did you say it was, it was founded? Uh, December 27th, 2013. 2013. Yep. So, so we'll be coming up on our six-year anniversary. Okay. End of December. And so that would be a year or so after Rubens and... Yeah. You know, right? you're right in the thick of it, right? But yeah, yeah. everybody is like, uh, everybody's like, 
a couple years old. Like everybody's in their infancy still for yeah. the most part. I mean, we're all, I think Lucky Envelope just did their fourth. Yeah, yeah. I or think something that like that. Right. Maybe five. Um, yeah, we're all, I don't, I don't think anybody's double digit. Well, obviously Hales has been yeah. around since 1983 or so. So yeah. Is that 36 years? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mike, uh, Mike's cool. Mike, uh, Mike helped us out when we opened up, actually came out, like walked over here and kind of scoped things out and took a look at it and kind of told us, you know, some of his thoughts on where to place equipment and stuff like that. And when we've been in a pinch before for grain or, we're missing a part or something like that. Like Hales has all the stuff over there so we can go over there and borrow it and then just pay them back when we get a chance. So yeah, yeah. it's a, it's a great community, man. It's a, people would think that Ballard's just like super saturated and maybe like overpopulated, you know, what's the, you know, you know, what's it like? Is it just super cutthroat or whatever? I mean, there is that because you're all fighting for the same, you know, tap handles and market space and stuff like that. But at the same time, like everybody's buds. So it's cool. I like Ballard. Yeah. Hales has got to be a pretty great setup for you guys because they're a really well-established brewery and they're just a cartwheel away. So you yeah. can, they got all the stuff you need. If you ever need any hose, you know, they got, they got the oh, hose. Oh, yeah, yeah. We've borrowed uh, hose, like hose before, line before, uh, the the C-clamp, uh the little ring things before whatever they're called i'm obviously not one of the brewers <laughs> uh, you know the little metal clampy clamp thing um you know grain before i think uh they actually lent i wasn't here at the very beginning but i think when we were actually putting the tanks in that we borrowed their forklift to lift everything upright so yeah super cool how big is the so now the now I mentioned the tanks how many tanks yeah. have you got back there how big is the brewery what's the like the it's brew a 15 house? barrel brew house Wow, that's pretty big for such a small yeah. uh, place. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty decent. We have really high ceilings, too. I don't know what the measurement is on it, but I'm going to say at least 20 feet. Um, and we have 15 barrels in there, and we have four fermentation tanks right now um, with one brew system. So uh, it's it's it gets us where we need to go right now. Um, the beauty of having these really high ceilings, too, is if we need to go to, like, 30 barrels, or even we've measured out some 45s before, uh, they're kind of the same, uh, diameter, just taller. So, you know, we could actually triple our production if we needed to, just by adding taller tanks yeah, yeah. and not taking up any more floor plan. Plus where you see, not where you listening see, but where you see, uh, the grain sitting too, we could actually put another tank mm. right there as well. It's just, yeah, there's not a lot of extra space yeah. uh, in here right now. So, you've but, got, you've got but good, it's adequate. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say you got good utilize, you, good utilization of your airspace here because yeah. there's you've got the uh, the second floor, which is sort of your arcade, right? Is yep. that, I haven't looked since I got here, but is that still up there? Yeah, it still is. Yeah, it's uh, there's uh, nine pinball machines up there. We've got Nintendo sixty four, and we've got a uh, big Buck Hunter. Uh, up there as well because you have to have the big buck on oh, of course um so yeah we extended that out this actually that's sitting above us the six foot length that pops out is uh some extra uh, foot room that used to be the um the office up there and then we moved the offices over top of our walk-in cooler so mm. by moving that we have a grain room up there as well uh we were able to just originally we were going to put in more seating and then we ran into these pinball guys and they toss, talked us into uh, putting pinball machines up there, and it's uh, it's been great. I was the guy that was like, ah, I don't know. I think we just go with the more seating up there. P 
pinball, not so much. Uh, now I'm in like two leagues. Uh, I play pinball like every chance I get. Uh, <laughs> I'm like a pinball guy now, I guess. Uh, it's it's pretty it's pretty funny, and it's a nice little source of income too. We get, you know, we'll be um, hopefully hosting pinball tournaments again uh, this summer. So I actually have to reminder to send that email out today. Would you recommend other breweries put pinball machines in there? I think they're already doing it. Yeah, I've um, seen Populux do Populux it. Populux has their machines in. Um, you're starting to see it more and more. Hellbent, I know, Lake City, like they have pinball. Maybe that's it with the breweries, but you're seeing them everywhere. I mean, across the street, we've got the Icebox, we've got Attaball in Fremont, uh, Olaf's up the street. Like they have like 10 or 12 games. Uh, pinball's nuts. Yeah. Yeah. We have the the Seattle Pinball Museum down in Soto area. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, which is awesome. If you ever get a chance to go there, you buy one ticket. I think it's $25, but all the machines are set on free play. Yeah. So you just play all the pinball you want. <laughs> That's pretty rad. They've got, um, what's that, 4Bs right on the corner? They got a pretty good amount? Yeah, I forgot about 4Bs. Yeah. God, that place yeah. is ridiculous. Sometimes I forget about the 4Bs, <laughs> yeah. but every once in a while I get drunk enough and I'm at, <laughs> and I'm at the 4Bs. That is exactly I'm how. not saying anything bad about the 4Bs. If you haven't been to the 4Bs, you need to go to the 4Bs. <laughs> It'll be up to you to ever return. <laughs> do, you, do you remember what 4Bs stands for? I can never remember. Ballard's Best Burgers and Brews. <laughs> I believe that's right. That sounds about right. Yeah. I believe it. I got to ask, this story that I have grown bored of, I've heard it enough times, and I've told to my friends enough times, and I'm sure you've told it to people coming in here more times than you care to count, but what's the story of the name Bad Jimmy's? I have no idea. You're lying to me. <laughs> uh, yeah, Bad Jimmy's comes from uh, one of our... So we have the two brewers, like I said, Greg and Billy. Billy used to be the heaviest of all of us, and now he's the thinnest of all of us. Um, but he used to have a beer gut that he named Jimmy. And when it grew on him or got him into trouble, he would look down on his belly and he would say, Stop growing, Bad Jimmy. Um and it just became this running joke among friends, this this bad Jimmy that he had. Kind of like this alter ego, but in stomach form. Uh, <laughs> much like the, what was it, Quato character from Total Recall. That dude had the little thing growing. It's kind of like that. <laughs> That's a weird reference. But anyway, um, yeah, bad Jimmy became the name. Put it down on paper. Said, hey, we got like a year before we actually open. We'll, we'll probably write something else down. Yeah. But no, bad Jimmy's ended up sticking. So... Now we just say, you know, there's a little bad Jimmy in all of us, so <laughs> it's your little, you're kind of like your little drinking demon. Yeah, I got one of them working. Yeah, that's a nice one. Bought this uh, bike jersey back when it fit, and yeah. uh, now I'm a little more Cicerone than I am cycling, so I get to <laughs> there you uh, go. work on this guy all the time. It happens. It happens the older you get. Uh, <laughs> yeah, now that I have free beer, and then Big Mario's Pizza moved in next door. Um, they never charged me for pizza either. Ooh, so now I got free deal. beer and free pizza. Oh, man. Um, yeah, I'm about <laughs> 35 pounds heavier than uh, I was before Big Mario's opened up. <laughs> um, you mentioned before we turned the mics on and briefly right after that you used to be a stand-up or used to be a comedian. Was a stand-up comedian? Stand-up comedian, You want to yeah. talk about that a little bit? Your little pre, your pre-Bad Jimmy's history? I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, 15 years, almost. Something like that. 13 to 15 years. Uh, I did stand-up, uh, started in Orlando, Florida, and uh, then got a chance to travel the country, going to different comedy clubs. But uh, yeah, that was my thing. I dropped out of college with like six credits, uh, credit hours, I think, like two classes uh, left 
to get my English degree um, and packed up everything and told my parents I was dropping out to be a comedian. I remember my dad saying, what does that even mean? I said, I don't know. Um, but I got in my car and uh, started hitting the clubs and uh, yeah, did, uh, did okay. Never made like a lot of money, never really made a, a name for myself. I mean, if I was good at it, I wouldn't be you know, sitting here talking to you <laughs> be in LA somewhere, uh, banging celebrities or something. I don't know. That's what comedian, that's what Tom Green does, I think. Um, so, um, yeah, it was, it was fun. I, like I said, I got to, uh, travel around the country. I, I was the headliner at, uh, a lot of the small clubs, a lot of the, the, you know, roadside uh small bars that hosted comedy or whatever and then uh i got to uh i got to open for a lot of the you know famous people that are on like netflix and stuff like that so yeah of course now it looks like every time i turn on netflix like everybody gets a special so yeah i feel like i should have stuck around for a couple more years <laughs> I would, i'd probably be on netflix by now I'd, every time i looked there's somebody on net i go i've never even heard of that person before but uh, yeah, a lot of my people, a lot of my people, all my friends, uh, still grinding out there. So I just I couldn't do the grind anymore. I think I think to truly make it, you have to sacrifice everything. Um, and I just wasn't quite willing to make that step. I always kept another job or something. I think you just have to, you know, you have to sleep in the alley for a while. Uh, buddy of mine, you know, Amy Schumer, used to live on his couch. You know, so like not live, but she would stay there. Um, you know, you have to you have to put it all out there, uh, epically fail to succeed. And I just wasn't quite ready to throw out that line. So I never quite got there. Um, so I said, what is like comedy, but has a steadier paycheck? And I didn't figure out what that was. So I got into brewing. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think I made more money uh, doing comedy <laughs> than owning a brewery, I'll be honest with you. Um, no, it's great. It's great to actually wake up in the same city and, you know, it was a lot of travel. It was fun, though. There's only so much blow and hookers you can do before you ruin your marriage and <laughs> need something else to do. So, yeah. That's it. That's the past. That's okay. it in a nutshell. <laughs> Uh, I've always viewed Bad Jimmy's as perhaps one of the, like, the edgier breweries <laughs> this in the is, area. This is my favorite part is when when outsiders describe us. I love, yeah, edgier. Nice. I like it. I'd say so. I'd say you're so the edgier. Get brewery. like rustic. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> rustic. what does that even mean? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. You're all, you got the black and red, the yeah. sort of, you know, the devilish color scheme. Yeah. So I've, we've been described as like the biker bar of, uh, <laughs> of Ballard, the biker brewery, I guess it was. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That's, it's kind of funny. I, I feel like we get this. I don't know, almost this like stigma of like the bad boys of like brewing or whatever. But I don't know. You know, we got a lot of families that hang out here. Nothing, nothing crazy's going on, man. It's not like dust till dawn in here or anything like that. Dude. It's not Clooney, Tarantino, shoot them out uh, with vampires or anything. Um, and I and I think I think that version of us is getting out here a lot uh, a lot more. Um, that's Seth at the window. Yeah, they can come. Um, they can come in. Yeah, he's. I think he's smoking. So. Oh, okay. We'll leave him out there. 
<laughs> if you invite him in, he'll forget he's smoking and he'll just walk in smoking. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think the best description I ever heard of us was in The Stranger, where they called us the least pretentious brewery in Seattle. And I liked that. Um, I don't know if they meant like they were just like kind of like it was one of those like backhanded compliments where they were just like, ah, these guys, they don't yeah. care as much or something <laughs> like that. But we're definitely not snooty about anything. And I don't, I don't really know anybody that is. I think that gets a bad rap, too. They're like, oh, these beer snobs or whatever. I don't know. I just think if you go somewhere that's like that, they're just really proud of their product. Um, but yeah, we're definitely a lot more laid back. I mean, you see the atmosphere in here. There's a, a life-size cardboard cutout of me dressed as Elvis Presley um, <laughs> above our cooler. There's a, a creepy mannequin in the corner uh, selling our merch. It's actually designed to look like Billy. Uh, above my left shoulder, you can't see it because the TV's in the way, but we have a picture of Seth from uh, his college days where he had dreadlocks, uh, which is super funny. Um, yeah, I mean, we just we're a little we're a little bit more laid back. We're we're definitely on a shoestring budget. We didn't have, you know, again, this is no slight to anybody else, but we didn't have money going in. You know, a lot of people have million dollar investors and tons of money coming in. I mean, we sold our cars and you know took out loans, which I'm sure a lot of other people did too. Again, not not bad mouth on anybody else, but uh, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, we're. We strung it together and hey, we've been here six years, man. And you know, I joke about not making any money. We're doing, we're doing well. We're starting the package now, which is great. We actually uh, have, uh, from the business side of it, we have uh, just about paid off all of our loans. All of our equipment is paid off. So, you know, we're in the black. So that's yeah. that's good. Yeah, yeah, that's that's really all you can ask. And if you look at any of us, nobody's like starving. Yeah, um, we're doing we're doing okay for ourselves. <laughs> yeah, if you can break even and produce beer at the same time, you know. Yeah, you're doing nothing than making beer, and everyone's fed. Then, yeah, yeah, that's right. all you need. You know, really. we pay our rent. We got roofs over our heads. We got we got cars, and you know, nobody's buying a nobody's buying a boat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or a new car, or you know, taking any fancy vacations just yet. But we'll get there, man. We're. Uh, you know, slow and slow and steady, grinding it out, man. Having a lot of fun. Yeah. Four dudes that really just love each other, love what we're doing, get along really well. Um, you know, we also fight like brothers too. So you know, four four, four guys working that many hours that close together. Um, nobody nobody's punched anybody yet. <laughs> so things hey, are going well. I, I believe that's a win. Put put a check mark next to win. I think uh, nobody. How are you guys doing as a business? Well, nobody's punched anybody yet. So <laughs> that's pretty much our, our business. That's our business motto. Just don't hit anybody. Yeah. All right, cool. That's We'll, we'll end that segment of the conversation there. Uh, transition sound effect. And let's talk about the beer y'all actually brew. Yeah. So I commented earlier that you have a really unique lineup of beers eclectic eclectic yeah that's probably right i'd like to know the story like you know how did you decide to start brewing such kind of strange stuff and maybe why did you stick with it what do you see when you're watching the trends of the brewing industry go around and yeah you know just yeah tell me your take yeah i mean i can tell you my take unfortunately we don't have like one of the brewers here greg and billy would be more the commentary on that but i know sales perspective though yeah from a sales perspective uh, Greg specifically um, is a really good cook too and is really good with mixing and matching flavors and pairing beers with food 
and, and things like that. So he's got a really nice culinary background. And so combine his love of food um, with beer, you'll see that there's a lot of food additives. We have a blood orange honey wheat, cocoa vanilla porter, habanero amber, cucumber lime blonde. Uh, there's a lot of, a lot of funky stuff up there. And, uh, that's just something that, that he found really interesting and fun and pretty unique. Um, we generally, you mentioned the word trends, like we never follow trends. I think it's hard to follow trends cause then you're just always going to be behind. Um, I guess if you're good enough, you start a trend. Um, <laughs> But, uh, you know, we, we kind of um, set in the early days our, our go-to slogan, which we still stand behind now, was intense ales, you know, which, which just meant that uh, we would bring bold and unique, you know, flavors forward in the beer, but still make it beer. So I say bring them forward. I probably, probably misstepped there, but... Um, uh, put them in your mindset. You know, it's beer first then these flavor profiles kind of secondary. So whereas we would do something like cocoa vanilla porter and add real vanilla and real chocolate, um, we don't want that to be, you know, all, people are pleasantly surprised when they drink that beer. Like, wow, it's got a really thin body to it. It's actually light. You know, I can drink this. It's not heavy. I thought vanilla is just going to be, ah, you've had those beers where it's just overpowering. It's a very strong ingredient to work with. Um, so we want you to think about it and notice it's there, but we also want you to go, oh, I'm drinking a beer. You know, the one beer that's probably not like that is the Girl Scout dropout. And we wanted that to just be in your face. Yeah. Yeah. So let's see. The Girl Scout dropout, um, I guess it's you. It, is it always brewed with the Samoas or whatever? Yeah, those we are? always do it as the Samoa or in certain regions, the Caramel Delight or Caramel Delight, mm. uh, depending on your, your pronunciation of the word. Uh, see, there's my English uh, degree coming into play. <laughs> I don't need those extra six, six credit hours. Um, yeah, so, so yeah, so coconut, uh, caramel or caramel um, and, uh, and chocolate. So combine those guys uh, together. And uh, very coconut forward. I like to think of the caramel secondary and then that wash of chocolate on the back end. And then uh, put that in an American blonde. So that's, again, uh, Greg and Billy thinking outside the box, too, is you think of something like a Girl Scout dropout. It's based on a cookie. Your brain automatically goes porter, stout, maybe a brown ale. We pour it for somebody, they go, whoa. First thing they notice is they're like, wow, that's really light in color. And you go, yeah, it's actually in a blonde, um, which helps those, those flavors you know, stand out a little bit more. If we put it in a porter or stout, it'd be pretty, pretty diluted, and I don't think those flavors would stand on their own. Um, habanero, amber, quite the opposite. Uh, you see a lot of pepper beers, but I think usually you see them in like a Kolsch or like a, some sort of pepper lager or... Um, you know, even a golden ale or a pale, maybe being the, the, the darkest, by putting our habanero in an amber and getting all that malt uh, forward, you get a lot of those nice, almost chocolatey coffee notes up front. And then all of a sudden, while you're drinking that, all of a sudden you go, oh, look at that. There's a, there's a little tickle in the back of my throat. There's a little heat uh, on the back end. So um, the guys stay pretty pretty unique you know even just those little subtleties that you may or may not notice uh yeah there's the crazy 
ingredients. Like we have the spicy PB and Jamber now, which is we took the habanero and we added peanut butter and jelly to it. We thought that'd be funny. Um, we decided to take that to uh, Strange Brew Fest. And uh, why it didn't meddle, um, it created a lot of buzz. And we were able to, I think we brought back like a keg or two back to the brew house after the festival and all of our um, regulars and, and the locals that hang out around here were like, dude, <laughs> you guys need to put that on the, on the board. So we actually just brought it back uh, about a month ago. It's been about a year and a half, I think, since that, since that festival. Um, but yeah, just, just keeping it weird, keeping it fun. We are, I don't know, I guess I can announce it now. Officially, you heard it here. Uh, we are going to do our first ever hazy IPA. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. We said we wouldn't do it. Uh, we said we wouldn't follow trends. The guys, you know, there's a few things that we stay away from. We, we just never got into the hazy IPA, but are you kowtowing to market forces? Yes, I am. Because you know what? Uh, they make money. (laughs) Um, and eventually, yeah, we did a collaboration with, um, with peddler and lucky envelope um and rooftop uh for washington wild we did a collaboration hazy and i think the guys got to see like how well it moved out of here um and so we are actually going to do it again um for charity so we'll be doing uh an event i believe next month middle next month watch out on the social media we every year we do a big event to raise money for als and so it'll be a hazy IPA. I, uh, I don't know if we're naming it or just calling it the hazy. Sometimes we do that. And you're like, what's in this beer? Uh, it's called the blood orange honey wheat. Uh, it's got blood oranges, honey, and wheat. <laughs> what's in the habanero amber? It's an amber uh, with habaneros. Uh, how about the cocoa vanilla porter? Uh, well, that would be a porter uh, with cocoa <laughs> and vanilla. Cucumber lime blonde? Well, you get the idea. Um, I think I appreciate that. Yeah. I'm kind of, sometimes you if get you those beer If you name names. it something, like if we just called it like... I don't know. I'm just gonna. If we call, I'm just looking around the room. If we called it chair stool, um, you wouldn't. That's a terrible name. You never want to put stool uh, in the <laughs> name, name of beer. Uh, Maybe the pepper. But <laughs> then you'd have to go. You know what is in the? Let's call it the black velvet or something like that, right? What's in the black velvet? And then you have to you do two things. If you call it the cocoa vanilla porter, then you got the name and the ingredients are right there. So you kind of kind of take out the middleman. Bingo, bingo. Uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. So. Uh, yeah, we'll be doing a hazy IPA for ALS, a dollar of every pint sold. Uh, we'll be going to uh, ALS charity uh, that we do every year that's near and dear to our hearts. So, Right on. Yeah. Um, are, you've, what you've got up here on your menu are a bunch of like properly made menu boards. Yeah, you like, like those, huh? Yeah, I like them a lot. Can I get a shout out to our graphic designer? Yeah, totally. Garrett Riley at Spittin' Llama uh, Images. They're uh, right here in Ballard. I'm pretty sure they're in Ballard. They're right on Nickerson. That's actually on Fremont. Yeah, sorry. That's Fremont side. Uh, we don't talk about Fremont. I know. Shoot. Yeah, he is. <laughs> I got my I got my directions screwed up. I don't even know where I am. Yeah, so I guess they're kind of in, in, in Fremont. I don't know if that's like the end of Inner Bay. I'm not even sure how it all works. I've only been here like eight years. It's all very confusing to me. <laughs> and I'm from Florida, so everything's confusing to me. <laughs> <laughs> math, it's hard. Math, not so much, but math, uh, very hard. But yeah, he does. Garrett does a great job. So um, every time we do something, he prints those up. He actually designs all the logos. Uh, that giant Elvis you see 
Uh, he did yeah. that. Like <laughs> everything in here, the intense ales to go on the cooler behind you on the floor, that giant floor logo. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, which <laughs> a floor logo seems like a great idea until you realize that that's like the center of your foot traffic. Yeah. Uh, it gets pretty scuffed up, but it's actually maintained pretty well. It still looks pretty good. I'd say so. I, I yeah. think that it's, it's, a, uh, it's a couple of years old. I think the wear and tear on it kind of makes it chairs, look. Yeah, chairs sliding on it. Yeah. Dogs yeah. sleeping on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can see the history in the ba- place, you know. Babies. Maybe Wrestling. adds to like the uh, the dive bar-y kind of appeal that you're maybe not necessarily <laughs> going for, but yeah. have kind of got. Yeah, maybe we're just doing it to ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's nobody else's fault but ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the reason I bring the the the, the beer tiles out, the menu tiles, is mm-hmm. because most breweries shift through the beers they make so often that the idea of getting something special printed up for their menu is not something that'll bother sure. you. They'll yep. just erase off the chalkboard yep. write something else up there. Way easier. Faster. Uh, yeah. And, but you guys have these things up here, and I'm noticing that uh, like a lot of them have been mainstays You know, for as long as I've been coming right. here. Right. That left side, the year-round yeah. beers are mainstays, minus the bad light, which we just introduced last year. Yeah. So we used to always have five year-rounds, and now we have the six year-rounds with the introduction of the of the bad light, which we just started canning in 16-ounce uh, Tall boys, yeah, four, four packs. What else are you canning? I uh, guess I, I'm only asking because I guess these would form your like flagship finger quotes. Yeah, sort of. I mean, we 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 did do that. Like, we definitely wanted to get the bad light in cans. Like, mm-hmm. you have to a four point two golden ale. We don't log or anything. We don't have that kind of capacity or that kind of time. So everything that we do is in ale format. Um, so it's our bad light. Um, then we did our Imperial IPA just because, you know, as much as sometimes you want to fight it or whatever, the, our IPAs are always our top sellers. I mean, I don't really want to fight it because I love IPAs. Um, some people don't, whatever. But you ask anybody what their top seller is, usually it's going to be in the IPA category. Say what you will about the marketplace. I think I read something the other day that like 40% of all craft beer sales are IPAs and like all the other styles are like split up in that other 60%. Yeah. And it might even been higher than that. It might have been 60, 40 the other way. I don't know. But it was like, it was like, okay, yeah, IPAs still dominate. So as, as, as much as, you know, you're like, ah, I might get lost in the shelf space or whatever. Nope. They've been moving very well. People see IPA, they go, yep. And ours is an imperial IPA at 8%. So it's got a little, little extra pop to it. Yeah. And then for the summer... Uh, we've got our cucumber lime blonde uh, in cans as well. We've won a couple smaller medals uh, with that cucumber lime blonde. Super light and refreshing. Uh, r- 50 pounds of real cucumbers in every 500-gallon batch, 15-barrel batch. Um, but it's got some punch, like all our beers do, uh, except for the, the bad light. But uh, 6.7%. So uh, it's just really light in body and very refreshing. Um, and then I just got up f- off the phone with uh, our dudes today. Uh, at the end of July, we will be rolling out the Blood Orange, which I think often people say is our flagship beer. Fine by me. Um, I don't know. It's the one that catches everybody's eye. It's definitely our number two seller behind the Imperial IPA. And we'll also be re-releasing, but packaging for the first time ever, the strong- Strawberry Mango Hefeweizen which was very, very, very popular last year. Mm, yeah, that does uh, sound and, good. Yeah, in draft form. I, I described it as pog juice. You ever have pog yeah, juice? Yeah, yeah. Man, it's like that, but beer. Oh. Uh, yeah, it's really good. Um, real strawberries, real mangoes. So that's the other thing that we do is we take the time to use real ingredients. We've, 
very rarely, if ever, use extract. Maybe to, to pop, you know, top something off or whatever if we have to in a pinch. But generally, we try to use all real ingredients. It takes a little bit more time. Uh, it's a little pricey. Um, you know, cutting up 50 pounds of cucumbers. Cutting up habaneros is the absolute oh. worst. I've never had to do it, <laughs> but I've watched the guys do it. And then go use the restroom and forgot that they just cut up oh. habaneros. Yeah. And come out screaming. Um, but that's damn. another story for another show. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's um, it works though. You yeah, know, it works. And we'll be doing that with the strawberry mango hefeweizen uh, as well. We basically, uh, with almost everything that we do in food format, we chop it up into smaller pieces and then turn it into a puree and then let that soak in the secondary for, uh, for a little while. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Man, that is, I can just imagine, I'm thinking about chopping habaneros right now, and it's like... Yeah, the only I've thing we cut... done it a couple we, of times, Yeah, we cut, up, we cut off the stems, Yeah, because uh, they're all oily and gross, and we don't want those stems uh, in there, but uh, we use the rest of it, so it's the seeds and all, so... Question you get, and I got it at Washington Brewers Fest about 9,000 times, uh, how hot is your habanero, Amber? And it's like, I don't know. I've never me- measured it on the Scoville scale. I don't actually. I should probably Google that and see if there's a mathematical formula for it or something like that. But uh, yeah, it's got some punch. Yeah, you know, it's not. I don't. I don't think it's like crazy hot. I have seen some people drink it and freak out, but you know, as a person, those who, people are communists. <laughs> as a person who eats spicy food yeah. and tries all the spicy beers that I can, it's not the spiciest pepper beer I've had. I don't think so at all. But it definitely had, by the time you make it to the bottom of it, you're like, okay, I guess I'm glad that's over. Like, <laughs> I guess I, I've accomplished something. I by tried to chug this. one once. Oh, God. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I got about three quarters of the way through the pipe and decided, one, I'm not in college anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Two, that was a horrible idea. But yeah. I like it, man. It's a good sipping beer. I, yeah. Yeah, I, you know, I'll be in here some nights and I'll drink. You know, two, three of them. Yeah. You know. And what's nice about yours is that it's been on your menu for such a long time that you've probably had some time to properly dial it in. Most breweries will make a spin-off, yeah. a one-off beer. Right. But yours is around. And so you've yeah, got, the first got year that it was out, it was hotter. It was a little, a little too hot from, yeah. from what I've heard. Um, so they wanted to dial it back and make sure that it, you want it palatable. You know, you want it drinkable. You want somebody to order more than one. You know, you want to actually sell some kegs maybe to some bars and restaurants. And if it's super hot, that keg's going to sit at that bar for, yeah. like a, you know, six, seven months before it goes through at one pint at a time. So yeah. it's drinkable, I think. I mean, you know, there's people that come in here. We have regulars that, you know, that's all they drink. And for me, I love it as a um, as a food pairing, like option, like. That beer with fish tacos Ooh. is one of my favorite things in the world. Yeah. Um, we used to have a barbecue joint on the corner before Big Mario's Pizza came in. Uh, they used to reduce it and make a barbecue sauce out of it. Uh, we got a local guy that does a brisket in it, and then he, he'll bring it in here. Um, I've used it in chili before. I've marinated chicken wings with it before. So it's great cooking beer. In fact, when we package it, uh, we're thinking about maybe actually packaging it with like recipes on the label or something yeah. like that. Or, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's genius. Yeah. Totally. 
uh, the last beer I want to talk about is you mentioned it already. Uh, yeah. the, the Bad Light. Bad Light. When I saw that up on the menu, I you know because I I came here fully expecting to grab a Girl Scout beer or the Habanero beer because those are my my usual go tos. But it's apparently been here long. I've been here. It's been long enough since I've been here that I have not seen the Bad Light. And you said it was maybe a year ago you started doing yeah, this. Yeah, probably. And I had to go for it because I just love the thing. Like the thing about lagers is that. Or like I guess this is a lager style beer, you know, sure. a, a light beer with a. a it's funny. Like I keep a, telling people it's not a lager. It's not a lager. We don't do anything. In fact, it's the only beer that says what style it is on our packaging. A golden ale. Yeah, it actually says it on the side. I mean, like I said, everything else is built in. Right? Yeah. Whale tail, pale ale, honey, blood orange, honey wheat. Like you know what they are. Yeah. Um, but it's the only one where when we were getting ready to release it, it just said bad light, and we were wondering if. People would figure out what it was, but we also didn't want people to think it was a lager just because right. we don't lager anything. So, yeah. but it's still funny because when I sell a keg to a, a bar or a restaurant and it says ale on it, stuff like that, I'll go in there to eat lunch or dinner or whatever, and I always see it on the board Bad Light Lager from Bad Jimmy's. And I'm just like, all right, whatever. <laughs> that, it's, it's, it's in your hands now. You bought the keg, call it whatever you want. Yeah. As long as it's selling. It, it, it passes as a lager. That's it could. I yeah. mean, if you if you put it up against a lager, I don't... Maybe not. I, I don't yeah. know. I, um, my palate's not strong enough to tell the difference. When, but, I, when I drank it, I honestly assumed it had been lagered. You right. Know? It, it tastes like a craft... It tastes like a craft lager and that it's got a good amount of flavor and a good amount of depth to it, but still is so easy to drink that I finished off this tall boy and I'm just like, like quite content with it. You yeah. Know, I think that it's a, if you need another one, yeah. let me know. <laughs> well, act- actually, yeah, I would love it. Okay. <sighs> okay, good. Now I got the habanero amber so yeah. I can, uh, so I can speak a little more to it. There you go. Um, first, first impressions. First impression is that the habanero, like the, now I'll, I'll interview you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> The habanero flavor, like it, it, it comes through as more of a blatant spiciness than like a like the I don't know what's the habanero it's supposed to be a little fruitier, kind of like uh, I can't really describe a habanero flavor. Yeah. but it's it comes through as more of just a. It tastes like you added jalapenos to an oatmeal cookie, which is a weird thing to say, that but it's got like a, a weird description. But I'd say that like the amberness of it is sort of like. You know the caramelized biscuity flavor a little bit is yep. in, like it's pretty forward, and then the habanero comes and just smacks the back of your tongue yeah. pretty hard. So yeah, and it, and, I like it, that. and it burns and it burns good. Yeah, like just a, like just one sip, it's, and I'm like, yeah, it's a good burn, not like the one you picked up in Thailand on that family vacation <laughs> when you snuck away from your parents for a while. Um, it's uh, it's nice. I mean, like I said, I get I get malty up front. I, yeah. I pick up on almost a coffee because we use those darker malts. You know, there's some chocolate malts in there. There's the darker caramel malts and things like that. Um, but then, yeah, I always say take a sip and then count back from five. Yeah. You know, you take you take a sip and you're like, oh, I don't really get it. I don't see what. Oh, <laughs> there it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And as you as you drink it, it'll kind of build uh, not to the point of like you know, anything too hot, but it'll become more of a consistent heat burn as, as it were. Um, but in a good way. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that the, the heat dies off after, you know, just a, after 30 seconds of sitting here. That's right? the thing. It keeps you drinking it too, yeah. right? You're like, 
Oh, there it is. Man, I've had the people do that. They're like, oh, I don't know if I can drink a whole another one. And then they take another sip. And then next thing you know, it's gone. So, yep. you know. No problem. Maybe maybe one schooner size, you know, one enjoyable. You did it. Um, you know, it's not something that, you know, you're going to take hiking with you or no. something like that, right? Like, it's not like <clears throat> refreshing and. That's why we're a, we're a little hesitant about packaging it, but yeah. at the same time we want to get out there because we've had actually so many people asking for it, but we've been hesitant to get it out there because we're like, do you do that in a tall boy? Yeah. Because is anybody gonna? Because sixteen ounce is a little bit more, right? And then you're like, all right, well maybe you do it in a six pack, and then it's like, is somebody gonna buy like a six pack of habanero amber? But I think they will, you know, especially if we kind of tie in that cooking uh, <laughs> marketing to it too. Um, you know, who knows? Yeah. Maybe it'll be our best selling thing ever. I'm excited to see where that goes because yeah. it is, yeah, it's a phenomenal beer. It's really weird experience. And, yeah. you know, it, the fact, like I said earlier, the fact that y'all have kept it up yeah. after the novelty has worn off for yeah, a lot I mean, of other people. Yeah, I mean, if it people. didn't do well, we would have taken it, you know, yeah. we wouldn't have made it a year around beer and it'd be off the board. But, yeah. Dude, if we took that beer down, people would riot we i don't know about riot but yes the streets would be aflamed um no but yeah we would we would certainly lose a lot of a lot of fans that's for sure yeah i just got a little bit on my beard there you and go i wiped it off and yeah scratched my nose and yeah. like felt the tingle i was like oh here we go it's great if you snort it <laughs> yeah just yep. get your nose right in there yeah ah yeah right in there that's mm. a good sound effect for the, for the microphone <laughs> All right, this is fantastic. Transition noise. Swipe. Thank you very much, Jason Schrum of Bad Jimmy's. That's a brewery over in Ballard with kooky beers and a kooky attitude. If you want to hear the rest of our conversation, that will be a Patreon-exclusive extension of the episode, available next week. You'll hear Jason's lightning round answers and some of the more businessy aspects of our discussion. Go to cyclingcicerone.com slash Patreon or patreon.com slash cyclingcicerone to select rewards tier and see what I'm talking about. Thanks for listening. I'll be back in a couple weeks or one week if you're a patron. Hey, are you a brewery that wants to be on a podcast? Shoot me an email, andrew at cyclingcicerone.com.